Thank you for listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg. Queen of Perpetual Help and welcome to another edition of Local Matters. And on this week's broadcast, a special episode, we are teaming up with WSFI, our sister station, and Angela Tomlinson. They are currently having a share on their show. For more information, visit them at WSFICatholicRadio.org. And on this episode, our own Mary Ann is interviewing Sister Mary Josepha and focusing on Sister Mary Wilhelmina. Without further ado, with WSFI Angela Tomlinson and our own Mary Ann, we bring you Sister Mary Josepha. Well, hello and welcome back. We're in the final hour of today's share We want to thank our previous guest, Bud McFarlane from Catholicity and from the True Relic Project, True Cross Project. What a tremendous witness he is to the Catholic faith, isn't he, Charlie? Yep, absolutely. Probably one of the best, I think, that I've ever heard. Same here. And he's so impressive, and he just, he's like, what you see is what you get. He's just living the faith. And that is no exception for our next next guest, but before we get started uh, in this share we are still about $15,000 in the hole, and we're uh, praying to all the angels and the saints that the Lord would give us another chance, that we get a chance to stay on 750 in the month of September, which is the month of Our Lady, and we're going to call on the intercession of Sister Wilhelmina. We're going to ask Sister Wilhelmina to go to the Virgin Mary and say, you know, Blessed Mother, we don't deserve it, but we're going to ask for another chance. Can we please stay on the air for one more month? So our next guest, we have Marianne Harold, who has an EWTN affiliate in Massachusetts. Marianne, are you there? I sure am. She sure is. And you have a personal relationship, I believe, with Sister Wilhelmina. So do you want to introduce our next guest and take oh. it from here? Okay. Thank you, Angela. Well, it is a great honor to interview the life of Sister Mary Wilhelmina, through the eyes and the lenses of Sister Mary Josepha. The book, The Life of Sister Mary Wilhelmina, we're going to talk about it, but first I'd like to give the background of Sister Mary Josepha. I love your name, Sister. Did you pick, Thank you. Did you pick that name? Oh, I that did. Was... I asked for the intercession of St. Joseph. Oh, how lovely. Sister Mary Josepha of the Eucharist. Sister Mary yes. Josepha grew up in a Catholic homeschool family that fostered her interest in religious life from a very early age. Her father, being a Marine, her family moved around a lot. What was that like, sister? <laughs> it was an adventure. I think it made my family very close-knit. Uh-huh. And how many children were in your family, sister? There were only three of us, my older brother and my twin sister. Beautiful. And when did you get the calling to become a sister? I think that the seeds of that came shortly after my first Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being about eight years old reading saint stories, and I was struck by how many of them were sisters or nuns, and I thought, maybe that's what God wants me to be. <laughs> so it started early, but it took me a long time to finally be confirmed in that desire and also to find my religious family. 
Uh-huh. Your family moved frequently, like my sister Elizabeth, whose husband was in the military, and you had lived in nine different homes. Is that true? Yes. yes. Wow. And at that point, my father retired, so there was a little bit of stability then before I left for college, but then the adventure kept going. So. Right, and I see you attended Thomas Aquinas College in California. Yes. Uh, with a liberal arts program culminating in the study of sacred theology. What did you gain from that uh, mix of education, sacred theology and liberal arts? Yes. I think it taught me to appreciate the (coughs) contemplation of the truth for its own sake. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't in a program to get a degree to get a job, but I I found myself receiving a formation so that I could grow in my knowledge and love of God, and myself as a human being, able to know and to love the truth. And um, I, and I the, see... The program at TAC is very beautifully directed toward theology as the goal. Beautiful. And I see you also pursued studies at the International Theological Institute in Gaming, Austria? Yes, Gaming, Austria. Mm-hmm. What possessed you to go there? The Holy Spirit, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Well, the founder of the institute was a, also a graduate from TAC, mm-hmm. so it's it's quite frequent for TAC graduates to go there for subsequent studies in theology. Beautiful. Uh, and for me, it was a very blessed experience, not only to steep myself in theology, but to experience the Eastern and Western sides of the Church. There were many Byzantine Catholics there, and so I had a, a beautiful experience of the liturgy, and I also grew in my appreciation for the traditional Latin Mass. Wonderful, wonderful. And so now, how did this lead to your becoming a member of the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles? Yes. So all this time at TAC and the ITI, I have been praying and and thinking in my heart, I want to have a closer union with Christ. And even while I was reading about God all day and writing about God all day, it somehow wasn't enough. And finally one day it clicked in my head. I said, I want to be talking to God all day. Uh, And so I realized I needed to be more um, intent upon finding a contemplative community, and one that I knew would be faithful to the magisterium of the Church, that would uh, foster the traditional uh, religious observance Mm -hmm. and the traditional liturgy. So I was fortunate when I returned home to find a priest who directed me to the Benedictines of Mary, and when I made my first visit there, I felt like all the boxes were getting checked. (laughs) Wow. And was Sister Wilhelmina there? Had she found yes, that order? Mm-hmm. I entered nine years before she passed away, so I was very blessed to know her for the first nine years of my religious life. That's amazing. So did you ever believe that she is going to be a living saint? Was there any <laughs> I, indications? You know, hmm? Yes, but I don't think in the extraordinary way that we've seen. When I entered, she was already an elderly sister and already starting to withdraw a little bit from the community life because she couldn't attend all of the community exercises. Yes. But it also meant that she needed a personal companion for most of the day. And so that obedience was given to the young sisters. So as a postulant, as a novice, and even as a young professed, I was able to spend much time with Sister Wilhelmina, reading with her, praying the rosary, helping her in her day-to-day activities, which I think was fundamental for my formation and for the other sisters who helped her in this way. I remember one of them saying, Sister Wilhelmina makes everything she does into a prayer. And I was aware of, um, she just took God at his word. And so every point in the day, she didn't see just as another humdrum, 
mundane action, but it was part of, it was what God wanted her to do. And if you even gave her a choice and said, Sister, do you want to read or do you want to walk? Do you want to pray the rosary? She would stop and say, I want to do what God wants me to do. What does God want me to do right now? Wow. Um, so all these things were very, very beautiful and indicative of her deep union with God in just ordinary things. And so I had this very strong sense, and I know the other sisters did too, of her holiness, um, of her being a saint in an unextraordinary way. Um, and then when she, the time came for God to call her home, that in itself was a, a miracle. That Talk um, about that. We'd like to know, how that, were you there when she passed away, or what happened? Yes. Tell us. And this is the remarkable thing. So in 2019, we had outgrown our mother house. The abbey was full to capacity. So Mother Abbess Cecilia sent six of us to found a second house in Ava, Missouri, down in the Ozarks. And I was one of those six sisters. So we left in late April, but a few weeks after we had left, we we received the call from Mother Abbess that Sister Wilhelmina was nearing her end and that we should return home. So we got in the car, and we were back in time. And it was remarkable. For the next couple of days, the community would watch at Sister's bedside and pray the rosary, sing her favorite hymns. But we were resigned to the fact that it would be very unlikely for us all to be there when she passed because of the necessity of keeping the household running and the divine office prayed and all that. Yes. But the vigil of the ascension of our Lord, the 29th of May, we had one recreation altogether in her cell. So all of the sisters from both the mother house and the daughter house, all in the one room around sister's bed, and we prayed her the rosary, we sang her favorite hymns, we shared messages from people who loved and remembered Sister Wilhelmina, and then at the very end of this beautiful time together, we prayed Compline, which is the last hour of the day. And Mother Abbas stood up and blessed us all with holy water. And she blessed Sister Wilhelmina first, and she noticed a change. Sister all this time had had her eyes shut and was breathing very faintly. But Mother Abbas blessed her with the holy water and then blessed all the rest of us. But she turned back to Sister, and the, she had just breathed out. It was, that was her nunc dimittis to be surrounded by her sisters, to have received the blessing of her superior, concluded the the hour, the last hour of the monastic day. So it was a very, very holy passing, and I think a very great grace for us as a young community with young sisters to see what fidelity is like to the very end. Yes, yes. So I feel like the passing was the miracle for our community. And four years later, when we exhumed her body to bring her relics into our abbey church and we found her in that remarkable state of incorruption in a way we weren't surprised because we knew how holy she was how holy the passing had been in a way we were surprised because that's not the normal way you know god doesn't grant those sorts of graces very frequently and so we were we were all touched that he would think of it for our little community our little mother foundress so she was not given any things to keep her body preserved. Is that true? No, not at all. No. Mm-hmm. I was one of the four sisters who helped prepare her body, and we simply washed it and clothed it in her habit, and uh, there was nothing embalming-wise. And then when we we put her in her coffin, we had lined it with some satiny material. When we exhumed her, the material had completely disintegrated. You couldn't tell that there had been anything but wood, um, on the sides of the coffin. But her whole habit was intact. You know, the veil 
um, the yes. loophole of the habit, nothing of the material, even though it was natural fibers for the most part, nothing of that had disintegrated in those four years. Being sewing sisters who work with fabric quite a lot, we found it remarkable. <laughs> See, I think your witness is so incredible because what you read in a, an article doesn't explain what you're telling, the details that we need to know because we love her very much. People, when they, when they meet her, they just can't stop praying to her and thanking God for her humility, yes. for her tenderness. What were some of her favorite songs? She loved anything and everything to Our Lady. So um, she loved the Ave Maria by Jacques Arcadelt. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, when we sing it as a community, I can hear her voice singing really? the melody. Oh. Uh, yes. And she, she loved the Hail Holy Queen. Um, yeah. There's the Eucharistic hymn, O Sacrum Convivium, that she also loved. And we always marveled that here she was, an octogenarian or even a nonogenarian, on oxygen. And she could outsing all the sopranos. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, she just gave her whole heart to it. What a what a joy! And perhaps you know, her last words were actually sung words because we kept these vigils, you know, by her bedside as she was dying. And during that time, her eyes remained shut, and she didn't really speak. But when we sang, her lips would start to move, and she would start to hum the words along with us. And the very last time that we heard her voice was when we were singing the Salve Regina, and she said, Oh, Maria. She sang that with us. Oh. And those were her last words. Oh, Maria. Our Lady must have come yes. for her. Our Lady must have yes. come for her, because she was such a treasure. To start an order at the age of 70, was it? Yes. And why did she start that order? She was in an order before. Yes, she had joined a teaching order of sisters right after she graduated from, uh, from high school. So she mm-hmm. was not even 18. Wow. Um, and she was very devoted in that community. She served in various schools as a teacher, and then she served as the community archivist, and she was compiling materials to write a history of the community. So she loved her order very much. But yes. in the turmoil of the 60s, 70s, um, a lot of experimentation started. So many of the sisters abandoned the traditional habit. Some of the traditional practices, such as silence in the cloister or community prayer, mm-hmm. were no longer observed. And this grieved Sister Wilhelmina because she understood her vocation, not as a job or as a social work, but as a relationship with our Lord, a spousal relationship. And she understood the importance of the habit, the silence, the prayer, as protecting, safeguarding that spousal relationship with our Lord. And so she labored for years. She tried um, fashioning her own habit when the other sisters stopped wearing a habit. She tried to organize a more traditional branch of her original community that would keep the habit and the common prayer and all these things. Um, But she was the only one who had the courage to sign up for that. Um. And so she realized at the age of 70 and after 50 years in vows, that it would be easier to restart rather than to reform. And so in a leap of faith, she obtained exclaustration from her community and started ours. And it was in the hope that we would be able to continue those traditional observances of religious life. How did she discern what name to call the order? Do you know? Uh, that's also a beautiful question. So her community was the Oblates of Providence. So I think that she kept that name 
oblates mm-hmm. originally with, with continuity with her old order, but she wished it to be the oblates of Mary, Queen of Apostles, because she saw this community as assisting Our Lady or prolonging Our Lady's earthly life in service of the priests, the modern-day apostles. Oh. So wow. just as Our Lady, after Our Lord's Ascension, stayed on earth for some years and was um, a support to the apostles through her prayers, through providing them a place of retreat, um, Sister Wilmina was hopeful that her community of sisters would persevere with one heart in prayer with Our Lady, as it, it says in the Acts of the Apostles, it, when the disciples were joined together in the Senecal. Mm-hmm. We would persevere in prayer with Our Lady, and that we would be her hands helping the priests. Oh, how so beautiful. we provide a place of retreat for priests, um, and then we also make priestly vestments, but that's more of an expression of our spiritual apostolate. When we sew the vestments, we're praying for the priests who will wear them. Oh, so can we order and some so for our priests? Absolutely. Oh. You can go on our website. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Oh, I want to get one yes. for my pastor. <laughs> so we were originally the Oblates of Mary, Queen of Apostles. We had a Benedictine character, a Benedictine spiritu- spirituality, because Sister Wilhelmina's order, the Oblate Sisters of Providence, also had a Benedictine spirituality, and she wanted to preserve that. But as time went on, um, we moved from Pennsylvania to Kansas City, and we obtained Benedictine formation from the monks of Conception and other Benedictine communities around. So we were able to change our title from Oblates of Mary to the Benedictines of Mary when we became full-fledged Benedictines. Beautiful. Did you know Father Connie? You know Very him? well. Yes, he was just yes, here. He was our, our chaplain for many years. Yeah, he was here, and he was the one telling me to. I um, came down with lymphoma unexpectedly, and Father said, I want you to organize my tour to Boston. I just know I have to go there. And I said, Father, I can't. I can't do that. I'm so sorry. He said, you can do it from your bed. Pray to Sister Mary oh. Wilhelmina. Can you imagine him saying that to me? Oh you can do it from your bed. So I'm still in a state of shock. He came here for 10 days. He just left. And he gave certain people those little cards with the blue uh, piece of material to pray for her. And so... I found, I believe, through her intercession to Our Lady and to my devotion to Our Lady on the 15th of August, I was healed of my lymphoma. No one can Praise believe God. it. No one can believe it. So The 15th of August was the anniversary of Sister Wilhelmina's final vows. You're kidding me. That's beautiful. Oh, yes. I was begging, please, Blessed Mother, please. I never never begged as I did because I knew if I took one more chemo treatment, I was so sick from them. The father told me I might die if I took another one. Yes. And and that's the grace of Our Lady is so amazing. And to have Sister, I have Sister Wilhelmina's picture on my pillow, I'm praying to her. Oh. So I know she's going to be a saint. There's just no question in my mind. And I, I'm listening to and anybody out there listening in Angela's WSFI, Shirathon, please pray to Sister Mary Wilhelmina. She is truly a new kind of saint that you're never going to pray to again. She has her own charism. Sister, you're explaining her so beautifully. How can people pray to her 
And is there a book that talks about her spirituality? Yes, our community put together a book. Um, actually, it was, we started preparing it right after she passed away. Um, it's called God's Will. And you can get it from our website, www.benedictinesofmary.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it has all of her poems. It has much of her spirituality, oh, her, her she, own writings. Um, I have so got to get this book. It's a very intimate look into Sister's life. Yes. So I just want to interrupt, and I apologize for doing so. It's such a beautiful, we're so blessed to have both of you here at WSFI, but I wanted to just jump in and say, uh, we have received a donation from a beautiful, beautiful parish, St. John the Baptist. Her name is Suzanne, and I'm not sure if if I'm in a position to say what her last name is, but I just want to say, Suzanne, thank you so much for your generous donation, and uh, we'll be sending out a beautiful thank you gift. And if you're just tuning in, you're probably driving home after a long day, but we're in our second day of the share We have a, a big mountain to climb, but um, Sister, do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Sister Wilhelmina will help us achieve our miracle to stay on the air at WNDZ for one more month? And so we live month to month, Sister. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure she'll do all she can. It's Uh-oh. for the glory of God and God's will. Well, it is for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. And it's just a, it's such a privilege for us to be affiliated with the radio station and follow in the footsteps, Miriam, of Mother Angelica, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. Mother Angelica. Yeah. Yeah, yes. uh, evangelist extraordinaire in her in her beautiful way. And Sister Wilhelmina reminds me a little bit of, of her in a, in a funny yes. way, doesn't she? Yes. Yes, a courageous soul. A courageous soul, and so are you, Sister. So if you're just tuning in, um, we ask you to make a sac. What did uh, Bud McFarland say? A sacrificial donation to look at Jesus on the cross, and this donation will... Repair for many sins, either on your half or on those you love or maybe someone that you don't even love. But to please try to make as generous a donation as possible to share a thon. And if you're a current donor, a monthly donor, we can't thank you enough. Maybe if you donate $5 now, you could make it $10. Or $10, you can make it 15 Maybe if we could ask our current donors as well to just increase their donation a little bit more as they see fit. That could go a long way for us. So um, you can call us at 224-206-8455, or you can go online at WSFI Radio, and I think Bud said it's W, St. Francis's Inspiration. Um, we should say we'll seek Francis's Inspiration, WSFIRadio.org. So, Miriam, why don't we, and Sister, let's, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, just wanted to do my call out right now as we're halfway through the program. So feel free to continue on, and thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. About Sister Wilhelmina. Yes. Well, I think there's been a remarkable sharing of our Sister Wilhelmina with the whole country at this point, and I feel like it's a sign of hope for the world right now. It's, it's a sign that the traditions that people have sacrificed for and have suffered for are worth all of that. And that a hidden, a humble hidden life like Sister Wilhelmina's is precious in the sight of God. And that nothing of her life was lost and he even wanted to preserve her just as a sign for other people to give them hope and to make them realize that this life doesn't end with death. 
but it's a preparation for the real life that's to come. Right. So these sorts of things we've read about, we hear about, but to see it in our own day and age, to see a sister preserved that way, I think is a great sign of hope for other people. Yes. And the people of men flocking there talk about that, flocking to yeah, see her. Yeah, quite remarkable. <laughs> yes, so we down in Ava had heard, of course, right away about Sister's preservation, and we were looking forward to when we would go home to see her ourselves. But we didn't actually go back until her anniversary, May 29th, when we were going to have the solemn rosary procession and the reinterment of her remains in our Abbey Church. Mm. Uh, so at that point, word had gotten out, and when we returned to our little mother house in the country, we were amazed to see signs along the road saying, slow down, heavy traffic ahead. I mean, oh, this wow. on a, a gravel road. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and when we approached our monastery, we saw that the farmer across from our property, he had allowed all of his crops to be flattened out to make a an improvised parking lot for all the overflow who couldn't fit next to our monastery. And there were Knights of Columbus and other volunteers organizing the parking and organizing the crowds lining up to see Sister Wilhelmina. It was quite remarkable. We felt like we'd gone all of a sudden to a, a pilgrimage site like Lourdes or Fatima. Well, it is <laughs> we a pilgrimage laughing, site. This is our home. What happened? Yes. Um, but it was very precious that we had a little time just with Sister by ourselves. And then we carried her in procession around the Abbey grounds, um, praying the rosary, again singing hymns, and we placed her in a side altar dedicated to St. Joseph in our Abbey church. Beautiful. And she's there now under the altar with a plexiglass cover so that visitors can still see her. That is incredible. It should be a movie. <laughs> it should be a movie. Did anyone take pictures? Say, Don't tell me. <laughs> For the she glory of God. I think she would be very surprised by all this. For the glory of God, it would be a movie mm-hmm. that would touch so many people's lives. It's just, for my pastor to say, a priest just went down there that I know and he has a car that he touched to her body and he wants to give it to you to be healed. I was like so shocked. I said, how does, how does my pastor know about Sister Wilhelmina? It, it really grabbed the heart of a lot of people in this country. And, and we need our heart grabbed. And with Our Lady, it's just a remarkable story. That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week at this same time for the conclusion of this broadcast. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.